I do not own the rights to this music. This is absolutely one of my all-time favorite worship songs. So will I. A billion times. This is cross worship. This is such a song that truly speaks to the, the sovereignty and the, the supremacy of God and just how he so intricately um, weaved in all of creation and how all of creation it points back to him and it and all of creation just worships him and it exudes from him and and it just is it's just so amazing that um this song really just speaks to just worshiping god and just how the inanimate things even worship god and glorify him amen so if these things be inanimate right if these things like if you think about the rocks and you think about the trees and you think about, you know, the ocean, you think about, you know, the, all of these other things that are in existence with us. They follow the sound of his voice. They do what he told them to do. They're still doing what he told them to do in the beginning. Right. And it's just because he is the creator of all creation. He is Adonai. He is Elohim. Hallelujah. He is El Elyon. He is, hallelujah, the one who is and was and is to come. He is I am that I am. He is the eternal one, the everlasting one. Amen. And it just all glory goes unto him. And so this song, it just really takes me to a place that if you can't see already, like it just takes me to a place because I just enjoy worship. I am a true worshiper at the core of my being. I love to worship. I could worship all day, hours upon hours upon hours. I just absolutely enjoy worship. Um, it is the way I truly connect with God, especially in my moments when I don't have words, um, when I don't know what to pray, um, or if I just can't pray, I don't feel like praying. Like we're gonna get into the realities of walking this walk, right? That's what this episode, we're gonna keep it all the way 100 because I really feel that so many of us are not sober in our walk with Christ to others anyway, right? And I think we have to truly, if we really want to be effective in the earth, if we really want to, you know, draw all men, draw them unto the Lord and draw them unto Jesus and lift his name up, right? That he, well, he shall draw, right? But we should be, you know, like magnets and we should be like the fire, you know, the salt of the world, the light of the world, that they should see us and they should see so much Christ in us that they should be drawn not to us, but to him in us, amen. But if we're going to do that, I, the, the reality is, no, we don't got to tell all our business. And no, we don't got to always complain and grumble. We don't always got to, you know, be negative. Um, but life is life. And, and when we go through life acting as though everything just all right, yes, we are to have faith. Yes, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Yes, we are to speak things that are not as though they were. But there is... When we only be in that place, and I'm not saying we should not be, but when we don't, when when we don't have other people who who are going through life, and maybe they're not as mature, or maybe they're not there, and the only thing we say, we don't never let them see, you know, the the other side, right? We don't never let them see our humanness, you know. We always are acting like everything is okay, and it it is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it is because God is 
He has never failed and he's not going to start now, right? He's on the throne. No matter what it looks like, no matter what we've been through, he is. And we win. We are in him. We win. We win. Like there's no losing with God. But that doesn't mean that we're not going through life. And that doesn't mean life is not impacting us. It doesn't mean that we don't get sad. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're not discouraged. It doesn't mean that maybe we're doubting or we have some unbelief. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're, we're upset, you know, we're frustrated. It doesn't mean we don't feel like giving up or we're weary. And when we not truly completely balanced and honest especially when we have people like babes in christ or people who are just curious and they're curiously suspicious right they're curious about this life they're curious about this jesus we're speaking about they're curious about this god that we're talking about but they're a little suspicious because they're trying to see because a lot of times when we don't look like the when we're, when we're too busy looking like the world or when we're lo looking like we're too above or like we're we're so spiritual that we don't have no humanity that makes people suspicious and so when we can be honest when we can be balanced right when we can have peace under the pressure oh that's the wrong piece that i put in the um in the in the uh in the title i'll fix that so please don't worry about that it's p-e-a-c-e peace right peace that you shalom shalom and that word shalom you know means that you know that there's an absence of war right that there is you know there, there is a a you know provision there's a protection right there's a providence um it's not just you know that you have it's a certain posture that you have even in the midst of adversity right so how do we have peace under the pressure and how do we walk that out so that's what this episode is all about i love to start with worship because that helps me a lot of time my day can just be um it's very very uh eventful and so sometimes i just need to reel myself back and that's why i like to start with worship in case anyone is wondering but welcome 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 i was giving a few minutes for anybody who is going to jump into the live of course people are always welcome to jump in at any time during the live stream anytime we're live and um and 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 we're um recording the episode um right now you can listen to the replay or whatever however it, it best is going to be fit your life and your in your situation but i always welcome all to come in to join us live because that way you get to ask your questions you get to add value you get to comment and um there are times where you can just call in and you're actually able to be heard and use your and speak your truth or you know um or you know give insight or give context or even just ask a question live so it's always great to join in live um any if you have the pod being episode, um, excuse me, the pod being app, the pod being app, then you are able to um, get on live, right? It will give you, if you're following the Purity of the Promiscuity podcast on the pod being app, you will get an, and you have your notifications on, you will get a notification every time the, the uh, podcast is live. Also, I do normally, I got to do better, but I do normally um, pre-upload, um, the episode um so that during the week you can see it that you can you know set your um you know your clocks or whatever you can put it in your schedule that we're gonna um be live normally on fridays but i try to give people advance notice that they do want to come in live give you a couple days so you can you know do what you need to do but um nevertheless here we are i was supposed to do it yesterday um yesterday just was way more eventful than i <laughs> anticipated and so here we are 
here we are on this on Saturday, just um, really winding down from the Sabbath. If you guys are, you know, um, those of you who are um, observers of the Sabbath in its, um, in, in its entirety, you know that the Sabbath is from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday because the days that God created, it really was, it was, it was night and it was um, day, you know, so it's always starts with night to day. Um, and so in, in um, over in Israel and in Jewish cultures, they, they still um, recognize the calendar and the days the way God created them in the beginning. In Genesis, there was day and there was night and it was the first day. It ain't day. I mean, it was night and day and then it was the first day, excuse me. It's not day and night like we do, we celebrate, we um, observe it over here in Western culture, right? And so the Sabbath winding down a couple hours ago and technically, really it's according to the time over in israel so you got to really do it's a little work if you really want to get it down to but i know god is a god of you know grace and mercy and god he always honors our heart right and we don't and i think that's something that it's so important to understand that yes our intention may be to get it perfect right and god is not never looking for perfection because the moment we are striving for perfection we're setting ourselves up for disappointment god he is more so weighing your heart, right? Your heart in, you know, that you had the desire to do it. So um, we're about to get into the episode. Um, today's episode is Peace Under Pressure. Again, it is P-E-A-C-E because we always in this world, in this um, culture, in this walk, we hear a lot about peace, peace, peace. We know Jehovah Shalom. He's the God. He's the Lord of peace. We hear Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We hear peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. We hear these terms. We can quote these scriptures. We can can do all the things we can you know sound very eloquent we can sound very religious we can you know have the religious jargon down we can do all of this so we can pray you know and until you know the heavens however how do we actually walk that thing out how do you have peace under pressure? And so I think today's episode is going to be amazing. And I want to welcome everyone who is joining us today. Um, thank you for all my new listeners. Any person who has just tuned in for the first time, maybe you just tuned in for the second time, whatever you're new to this community. This is a community of women. And sometimes I have my brothers on or my brothers download stream. So I don't want to leave you guys out because really God cares about all of us. My particular um, mandate, my particular assignment is to women, but I'm always here to welcome my brothers. If you can glean from anything I say, to God be the glory. The Lord will use me. He'll use anything. He'll use anyone, right? Because he is not um, He is not limited to who and what he can use. So I just welcome every single new listener, every person who is new to this community. Welcome. We are so glad to have you um, with us. This is the community where we're truly here to redefine a woman's worth in Christ, right? How do we walk that out? What, is it, what does it look like to, uh, you know, to, to be restored and to be made whole after you experience trauma, after you experience life, disappointment, you know, after you've gone through a lot of things that may have put a hole in your soul, may have, you know, put a put some voice in your soul. And so the Lord is wanting to restore you and bring you to a place of wholeness and to redefine your work. Because a lot of times when we experience those things, they they tend to begin to give us we can we tend to allow them i should say to give us our identity right and so he's wanting to dismantle all of every uh, false label that was ever placed on you by people places things yourself whatever and he 
he wants you to walk in the fullness of who he called you to be as a daughter of God. So that's what this community is all about. This uh, On this podcast, we talk about a wide, um, a wide array of things. We talk about purity after promiscuity, how to walk out um, your purity after you've maybe, you know, made some mistakes and maybe you was a little more sexually active. Maybe, you know, you went down a certain path sexually that you're not, that you're now, you know, on the, uh, you've overcome, you got the victory and now you want to know how do I walk in purity? How do I walk in abstinence? Because we throw around the word celibacy a lot and celibacy is not really the word we want to use because number one, our words have powers, but celibacy, celibacy is more for people like nuns or priests, people who have given up sexuality and sex and they really are tended to be a virgin or like a eunuch for the entirety of their life they're just married to the lord they're serving the lord and they have no desire and no um and will not be indulging in sex at any time in their life versus being abstinence is i'm abstaining for a period of time whether I'm just abstaining until I'm married, I'm abstaining until, you know, that's really the only <laughs> option for us as believers is to abstain until you're married. But sometimes, you know, even me, I don't want to put that kind of label on it because what if you don't get married? So I want to say, and, and it's not saying that it's wrong if that's what you say, but I'm just saying, you know, we want to be more, um, we really want to be um, sober in even our mindset around even decisions that we're making and why we're making them. And so you really want to know, like, I'm being abstinent because I want to just honor the Lord, my body, because my body is a temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. And this is my reasonable service unto the Lord to be a living sacrifice unto him. And and, and I don't want to defile my body because every other sin is outside the body. But when you do indulge in sexual sin, fornication, sexual morality, that is done inside the body, right? And so it's, it's so many things that happens when you indulge in that. And in our next episode, we may get more into, you know, um, why we should be walking in purity. And, and what's the difference between purity and, uh, and and being abstinent, you know, because they're not necessarily the same. They go hand in hand, but you can be in one and not the other. And so it's so much to that. So we do talk about that. We do talk about really just, you know, um, how to, you know, just walk out this walk, you know, as a woman of God day to day, you know, what does it look like? You know, what is the character of a woman of God? You know, what are the virtues of a woman of God? How do you overcome certain obstacles or, you know, how do you know, how do you, you know, um, you know, impact, you know, your community or impact your world for the glory of God. So we talk about a lot of things and right now we're in our identity series. So everything we're talking about is intentional about identity. Last week, we were talking about born and broken pieces that even when when you are your identity is in Christ and when you're so anchored in Christ, no matter if you get shipwrecked along the journey, God can still get you to your destination on board and broken pieces because he said that all things work together for the good of those that love God and accord according to his purposes. And so we are to run our race with endurance. It doesn't say that it's going to be without opposition. It doesn't say that you're going to get there and you're not going to feel like you just barely made it or you, you got in there you in just on one piece. It's just to say that you're going to get there. And so our identity should always be in the end. We're in, in the end, we're always going to do and be and get to where the Lord is leading us. Even when we experience shipwrecks and even when we experience things that, you know, be 
begin to, you know, come against us in opposition because your identity is in Christ and you're a woman of God, you're a man of God, you're a child of God. God is with you and he is for you and you're never alone. And everything he began, the good work he began in you, he's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, right? So whatever he's called you to do, as long as you stay the course, as long as you stay connected and in him and one with him, it's all about a oneness, right? You want to become one with him. You're No matter what comes your way, you're going to make it. You're going to get to that destination. So that was last week's episode. And this week, we're talking about how do we really truly have peace under pressure. And so again, welcome to all my listeners, old listeners, um, well, not even old, excuse me, I don't want to offend y'all like that. Please forgive me, like my seasoned listeners, those that have been rocking with me from the beginning, you know, and, and or at least for a duration of time. Hey, girl, hey, I just want to welcome you. I appreciate you. I love you guys so much. You guys mean so much to me. I pray that the podcast really is helping you, impacting you. Y'all, girl, y'all got to reach out to your girl, communicate. Y'all be so silent. Like, leave me a comment, leave me a message, email me. I always Always put my contact information in the description box so you're able to reach out to me you can go to my website reach out to me um you know for my contact form you guys can i always leave my direct email you can email me you can leave a comment on here you know that you can connect with me you can speak to me it's not all of, always about you know you being a coaching client like i'm here for you i'm your sister i'm walking alongside you and i'm walking this walk out too and so we're better together we're stronger together one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand so don't be afraid to to reach out to speak just let me know hey the podcast is blessing me it's helping me you know it's really you know encouraging me or whatever and and don't forget to like and to share on whatever platform you're listening and if there's an um, ability to rate it you know rate it because that's how i get more um visibility and you know everybody may not come across the podcast so you know don't be afraid to share it with your loved ones with your friends you know or with people that you feel like would truly benefit from it right because you know the it's not just me I can't do this by myself so you know I really need you guys you know to help me get this message out what God is speaking to through me to his people to his daughters right so I would love for you guys to partner with me in that way and just simply share like comment you know connect with me um just to you know let me know that you know hey the that this that this truly is a, um, a blessing to you right and so carrying on housekeeping out the way Welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Renee, and I just so um so blessed and so um honored and just so excited to talk about today's episode because I really have been really wrestling with this thing, to be honest, because I'm like, well, really do what do I believe about having peace under pressure? And I think that when we are in living this life and we're walking out our walk in Christ Jesus, I think we feel like we ain't allowed to ask questions. And so at least for me, I like to speak for myself. So many times I'll just like hear something or I'll read the scripture and I'll read it and I'll meditate on it and I might try to process it. But a I really be having questions, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in service and I hear the pastor say something or I hear a minister say something or whatever, and I hear it and I catch it and I don't say nothing because it's in the word, you know, or whatnot. And I don't feel like that's the way God expects us to be because the true way to get understanding, like it tells us in Proverbs, like wisdom is the principal thing. So that's the principal thing. So that's the main thing. That's the principle. We need to have wisdom. So how do you gain wisdom? You gain wisdom by, you know, getting information, getting knowledge, getting understanding. That's why it says wisdom is the principal thing. But in all that getting, get understanding. 
And so when you, in order for you to have wisdom, you need understanding. And when you don't ask questions, a lot of times we don't have understanding. We don't know what this means. We don't understand the context of the scriptures. We don't know the semantics or the hermeneutics, right? We don't, we, we, we don't understand the Greek and the Hebrew, you know? So it's nothing wrong with asking questions and it's nothing wrong with asking God questions because he's a father. And you know, if you're a parent like myself, I always, you know, want to encourage my sons to feel comfortable to ask me a question, even if I'm telling you to do something or even if I'm telling you not to do something and you really want to know why. It's not always that a child or a person is being, you know, honorary or being, you know, rebellious or trying to be disobedient. Maybe they just want understanding because a lot of times people, we talk at our children, you know, or as leaders or as ministers or as pastors as, you know, um, you know, being the, you know, a person like who of influence or being a boss or being a supervisor or being someone in leadership. We, a lot of times we can talk to people or talk at them and they don't understand, right? And the reason maybe that they're continually making these same mistakes or making these same choices is because they lack understanding. And so when I'm thinking about peace under pressure, you know, I, I, I know a lot of the scriptures. I don't know them all, but I know a lot of the scriptures that talk about, you know, um, Count it all joy, you know, count it all joy, you know, when you are under, you know, uh, diverse trials or, you know, uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, you know, and, you know, all of these different things or, you know, when the Bible tell us in Philippians for the, to, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, make our request known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus, right? Or when we talk about the fruit, Galatians, you know, 5 and 22, right? You talk about the fruit of the spirit and you hear the word peace, right? Or you hear Jesus, he's the prince of peace. The Lord is Jehovah Shalom. He's the God of peace, right? And so we hear these terms and, and we, we know what the Bible says and we understand that peace is a fruit of the spirit we understand that when we are in christ we're in when we are in the lord that we should have peace even in adversity even in opposition even in a storm right that if we are truly in christ that we are able to be like jesus was as that when they were in the boat him and the disciples and that storm was raging and going crazy and he in their sleep that's how much peace he had. He had so much peace that they in a violent storm, not just like a regular storm, but a whole violent storm to the point they thought they was going to die and he sleep. But the, that's really the context of that word peace when we hear it in those different scriptures like that, that not to say that the storm not going to happen. Not to say that you're not going to go into the fire, not to say that you won't be in the valley of the shadow of death. But even David said, but I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. So that's still a level of peace he has. He's like, listen, yo, I'm I'm walking through this valley. I'm walking through this valley of the shadow of death. Listen, like the one that I serve, the one, the one that I love, the one that I really, you know, just was looking up to the one, you know, that I really, you know, submitted to and, and the one that I served, he now want to kill me. Like, like he, we in the room and I'm, I'm trying to play the harp and he do throwing darts, real ones, you know what I'm mean? Like he really, he want me. He, I, I got to run for my life. You know, like I, I, I'm like, I'm really out here running for my life. I got, he said in one of the Psalms, he said, even when my enemies come to eat up my flesh, like he's feeling like, listen, they trying to eat me up. They trying to devour me. Like he like, listen, I'm on the run. They after me, not just saw. Now you got part of his camp and other people. Then you got the, the different 
different, you know, um, enemies that Israel was fighting when David was, you know, the captain of the army. And he was going out and Saul killed 10,000, you know, thousands, but David 10,000. So David had a reputation for being a warrior. And that's when he was under Saul and, and, and really, you know, fighting in the Israel, like in, in the army of Israel. And now he has to run. And now he's on the run from Saul. He's on the run from those that are in the army of Israel under Saul. And now he's looking where he can find refuge. Well, a lot of these places he looking are enemies because they're people that he, you know, that, that he, uh, defeated, that he over took right and so he he out here like listen even though though he like and, and with all that he like with all that even though i don't have nowhere to be i'm out here running from pillar to post i gotta run you know to the priest and i and, and to the temple of the lord and i gotta get some of the show bread just because i'm trying to feed me and those that's following me you know i need to get a weapon because i'm out here with no weapon well really he had the weapons of his warfare which was spiritual you know and not carnal and mighty and god for the pulling down the strongholds but david had wisdom he understood, I got the sword of the spirit, the word of God. He is like, I got my worship. I got my praise. I got my prayer. He is like, but I also need a weapon, a physical weapon, because he was a man of war. And he understood that he was going to have to go out here and he was going to have to physically fight as we're spiritually fight, right? So he had wisdom. But even though he was going through all that, he still said, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. How do you get to that place? When I hear peace under pressure, if I could think of an image, that's the that's the place I'm thinking about where everything really coming at you on every side, where you got these people after you over here. You got these people want to kill you over there. You got these people who who, you know, want want, want to uh, capture you and, you know, and and imprison you over there. You got these people who coming against you over here. You, you didn't lost everything. You know, you you got you going through like everything is happening at once. But you can say like David or you can be like Jesus and be sleep and sleep meaning just at a place of rest because a lot of times when we are anxious or we're under pressure we tend to want to feel we we always want to be feeling scrambling like we're, we we feel like we, we need to try to fix it so we got to try to do something so we're not in a place of rest so we're in a place of, you know, constantly, you know, trying to figure it out and constantly moving over here and doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. When sometimes the, the main way we worship God is when we are at rest, even though the storm is raging, we are at rest because we trust him that he is working it out. Even though we don't see it, even though we don't feel it, we have so much trust and so much faith that we know we don't have to scramble around. We don't have to run around like a chicken with our head cut off. We don't have to pull our hair out we don't have to you know be just busy in ourselves and doing this and doing that and doing this yes there may be some instructions that holy spirit may reveal to you to do but a lot of times i find that in when i'm in the y'all i'm gonna really get transparent today because i feel like we need to be free i feel like so many of us are in more bondage and we're under more pressure than we should be because we don't we're not free and so I feel like when you are in a place where you're under that kind of pressure, the Lord, for me, in in those moments, the most most of the time, the instruction I get is rest. And I'd be like, what? And then really, I'd be a little bit frustrated. If I'm honest, I get frustrated because I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean rest? What do you mean do nothing? Because my flesh is like, I got to do something. Hear me now, because today somebody going to get free. Amen. I pray it's me. Um, 
in the moment because everything seems like it's falling apart and it may be because the walls are closing in on me because I got the bill collectors calling me because I got to, you know, figure out, you know, how to pay this bill, how to pay that bill, how to keep a roof over me and my children's head because I got to, you know, wonder how I'm going to um, put gas in the car. I got to wonder how, you know, we're going to make it next week. I got to wonder how this is going to get done. That's going to get done. This going to get done. That's going to get done. I got all this stuff, you know, pulling on me. I, I got this thing I'm trying to build. I got this part of my business I need to sew in. I got this thing I'm trying to create. I got this responsibility I need to meet. I got these miles I need to feed. I have all of these things on me and I'm my flesh wants to scramble around and figure out what do I need to do? 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 And then in that moment, the Lord be like, rest. And I'm like, what? Are you sure? Are you sure? What do you mean rest? Because I got all of this stuff happening in my life. Everything is falling apart. Everything, if I don't do something, because and, and then that's the thing right there. We, we so, at least for me, I can get so fixated on me, right? I can get so fixated on me that I feel like the only way I can get out of the situation or the only way that the situation can really turn around for me is if I do something. And so, yes, there's there is definitely, you know, a spectrum right to that because there are parts where we have to have faith and, and faith without works is dead so if you have faith you do have to do something but sometimes that work is resting who somebody sometimes that work in faith that you do you know how much faith it takes to rest when everything around you is falling apart do you have any understanding? Do you know how unlogical that is? Do you know how, you know, counterproductive that is? Do you know how, you know, just unreasonable that is? Like that just do not make no sense that you got everything coming at you. You got all of these things going on. You got, you need to do something. Your mind is telling you do something. Your flesh is telling you do something. You Now you're beginning to panic. And I remember I heard something years ago and I never forgot it. Panic frustrates the process. I'll say that again. Panic frustrates the process because the moment you go in panic mode you can't hear what god is saying you're not sensitive to the move of the holy spirit you know you're not able to you know be clear in your mind now you're just all over the place and you're now your thoughts is taking you captive instead of you taking the thought captive and now the very thing that you should have which is peace you don't have and now what you got is torment what you got you know is um you fear unbelief doubt you know all of these things begin to come in because the one thing that we really need to have in the moment is rest and a lot of times we don't have that rest and so when you have peace under pressure the first thing that comes to mind is even though you have everything coming against you even though everything in your life may be in a disarray and it may be falling apart you may be in the midst of the storm but when you are able to rest When you're truly able to rest, and I'm not saying be lazy and lackadaisical. I'm not saying be unproductive. I'm saying when God say rest, then again, ask questions. Well, well, Father, what do you mean by rest? How am I to rest? What does rest look like for me? Because that's the thing, going back to being afraid to ask questions. Yes, he is God. Absolutely. But he's also our father. And if I told my children to do something and they didn't understand it, 
right? Or they didn't know how to apply it or it didn't make sense to them. I don't want them to feel like just because I'm the authority and just because I'm their mother means that they don't have a right to come to get understanding, to ask a question. God will let you know if the question is like, if he gonna answer it or not, but he's your father. And when you don't understand or you don't know what he mean by something, we need to ask. And so when he began to tell me to, you know, to rest, I'm like, first, my initial reaction is, excuse me, obviously that's not God talking because how can I rest? How can I rest when I have a hundred million things coming, going on in my mind, you know, going playing replaying through my head you know i can't focus i can't think you know i'm frustrated i got fear i got nervousness anxiousness you know i got all these things going on and now and i'm crying out to you and i'm praying and i'm seeking you you know and i'm in my quiet place right and i'm and i'm really you know humbling myself before you and and and, and the thing that i need you to do is i need you to open the door i need you to make a way i need you to to to, to perform a miracle right i need you to to you know, uh, to, to provide a breakthrough for me. And the thing that you say is to rest. Because sometimes that is how you win the battle. Pressure is always made to produce something. Pressure is always going to produce something. And with God is always going to produce something more valuable, right? When you think about pressure and you think about the amount of pressure that it takes to produce a diamond, because that diamond, when it's first found in its raw state, it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look that valuable, right? But it takes it to have to go through a process. And one of the main ingredients of that process is the pressure. It has to go through the pressure. And as it goes through this, the process and, and as it's in the pressure, it begins to transform. So a lot of times the way God, because we, we quote things like, Lord, take me from faith to faith and glory to glory. Lord, make some new wine out of me, Lord. You know, I want to be, I want some fresh oil, Lord God. I, I need a fresh wind, Lord. You know, take me to new levels and dimensions in you. And Lord, he's like, okay, bet. And guess what? And guess what happens next? Pressure. <laughs> My God. Guess what happens next? Pressure. You get that prophetic word. Oh, the Lord is about to take you to places you've never been. The Lord is about to use you in great and mighty ways. The anointing on your life, you're going to touch and impact so many women or people. You know, you're going to preach to the nations. You're going to, you know, go international. The Lord is taking your ministry international. Oh, the Lord has put a, a marketplace grace on you and you have a the, the grace, you know, of wealth on your life and, you know, you can get a amazing prophetic work or let's let's make it more plain my sisters you can get a prophetic word that say the lord said your kingdom spouse is on the way the lord said he got marriage for you the lord says that he you that you are a wife the lord said you know that uh, marriage you're about to walk into your marriage season <laughs> let's talk about it and guess what happens next it, a lot of times we label it as warfare, 
But really, what it really is, is pressure. Because God is telling you where he's taking you. God just doesn't tell you the journey and process to get there. Hallelujah. He doesn't give us all that pertinent information, right? And so that's where we got to be so sensitive to Holy Spirit and, and really lean into God and ask questions and, and seek him, right? Because the Bible says, if we seek, we shall find. When we knock, the door shall be open unto us. But the way God works in us is to 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 shape and mold us and transform us and to make us in to what we need to be. Because I've heard my leadership say it, even here in these last days, God makes the man before he makes the ministry. So whatever God is calling you to do is ministry. We can't get caught up on ministry looking like, you know, being in the pulpit or being in the four walls of the church because you are in Christ, because you are a child of God, because you are a disciple, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you are, wherever God is sending you, it doesn't matter if it's your community, if it's your household, if it's your job, if it's the marketplace, if it's the nations, whatever it is, if it's the government, it doesn't matter what it is. That is your ministry. And God always makes the man or woman before he makes the ministry. And so the moment we hear that prophetic word, the moment we get that promise, the moment, you know, we are praying certain prayers, we don't realize that the process of which is really going to prepare us for that thing that we're asking for is going to be pressure. So to think that we're going to walk this walk in Christ and, and it be void of pressure is not realistic because even Jesus, come on now, Holy Spirit, even Jesus had to go under pressure. He had to go under pressure right before he went on that cross. He was in that garden of Gethsemane, which actually in the Greek means oil press. It is the place of the oil press. It is the place of pressure. He was under so much pressure that he sweat and blood. I, I didn't be under some pressure, but I ain't never been under that kind where I didn't sweat of blood. Come on now. Come on, somebody. He was under so much pressure. Not only was he sweating blood, that, but he was in such anguish. He was in such anguish because he knew his flesh knew. And see, that's the thing. Jesus put on flesh because he had to come and he, he had to be walk in this world as a man, right? Because again, it's the spiritual laws. He couldn't just come as deity. He couldn't just come, you know, being God, you know, uh, he had to come in being fully God and fully man be, in order to, to walk in this world and on this side, you know, of, of eternity, right? To walk on in the visible realm, right? Because in the invisible, you can be a spirit being, but over here, you got to have a, a, a body, right? And that's why demons, you know, evil spirits seek to inhabit something they don't just inhabit people they that that's their goal you know to oppress or possess a body um but they'll they'll you know inhabit whatever anything that is a uh that has a form that is legally um able to be in this realm they'll try to occupy it because that is the only way they can be here that's why the bible says you know um when that spirits are you know when it's cast out it goes to the dry places looking for rest and finds none and then it goes back to its house where it was once cast out from and look and see that it's swept and it's cleaned up but it's not occupied and then it goes and gets seven more as vicious as itself and they go back into that house because they can't roam 
home around for too long without some type of host, without some type of, you know, um, body to inhabit. So Jesus had to inhabit flesh to be here. He had to be born of a woman to be here, right? And, and, and being in flesh, he felt, he experienced, he knew pain, he knew anguish, he knew anger, he knew frustration, he knew sadness, he knew loss, he knew all the things that we experienced in his own flesh. And we got to see his humanity in the garden because he said, is there, is there, is there any way possible that this cup, he like, I'll just give me a different cup, just that this one passed for me. So even in our moments when we're under pressure and we say things like, Lord, I can't take no more. Lord, can you please take this away? Lord, it's not that we are not saved enough. It's not that we don't have peace enough. It's that that's our humanity. And that is why we have to really be full of the spirit and constantly are feeding our spirit, man. Because when you sow to the spirit, you reap life. But when you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. So it, it it's like that parable uh, that I, uh, it's like a parable or it's a um, proverb, I think, an Indian proverb or something like that, where this um, grandfather was telling his grandson a story. And um, the grandson, he was telling the grandson a story about two wolves. And he said, you know, that there was um, this, there was like a mean, vicious, you know, um, nasty wolf. And then there was a good wolf. And I guess there was a, a, a man and he was like tending to or, you know, feeding the wolves. I can't remember verbatim right now, but in the end, you know, it was just a tale of these two, two wolves, basically a good one and a bad one. And, and, and something happened to the point where the grandson asked the question, well, which one wins? Cause it was like a battle between these wolves and the grandfather said to the grandson, the one you feed the most. And so whatever we feed is that's what was going to grow. That's what's going to be strengthened. That is what we're going to see, especially when we're under pressure. So a lot of times God allows pressure. And even if it feels like warfare or is warfare, you got to remember that Everything is created by him, for him, and through him, right? And nothing happens that doesn't pass through his hand first. So he will allow warfare, not because warfare is more powerful or the enemy has more power. Simply, he'll use the enemy to, to apply that pressure because God is so good and he's so holy, you know, that the enemy... The enemy want to do it anyway. So he'll allow the enemy to apply that pressure, but only to an extent, right? Just in the same way that with Job, the enemy had... He, he he had a limit to what he could do. He's like, okay, do what you want, but don't touch his life. I believe God does that with us. Like, okay, fine. You want to go ahead and you want to afflict them or you want to, you know, you know, uh, get in and start wreaking havoc in their relationships or, you know, put some kind of, you know, infirmity in their body, whatever the case, because God wants to use that because he knows he's going to work it for your good. And he knows that what was meant for evil, he really means for good. So even though you may experience that pressure or you may get let, let, off, let go of from the job or your business, you know, may plummet or you may lose everything or you, your relationships may begin to falter or you may, you know, go through a, you know, just a season, you know, of sickness and disease or you may, whatever it may be, God don't cause it, but he may allow it because that's the pressure. 
See, Job, even him being righteous in all the earth, and, and I know I can only speak for myself. I probably ain't righteous like Job was, to be honest. Like, I know I'm a lot better than what I was. I am intentional. I really try to live my life that is truly pleasing unto the Lord. I really am submitting and being sanctified daily. But I'm just going to be honest and say, I'm pretty sure that I'm not as righteous as Job. But even Job was known as the most righteous in his time, right? Even he had to go under pressure. And the type of pressure he went under... I know I'd have been under some pressure and my God, I don't want to be under the pressure that Job was under, but I couldn't imagine. He, he lost all his children. They all got killed. Then he lost everything. He was a man of wealth. He had children. He had, you know, he had abundance. You know, he was living a great life. He has much, he had much possessions. You know, he was living good. He was worshiping the Lord. You know, he was enjoying life, enjoying the fruit of his labor. He was just having a good life. And in it, what seems and looks like an instance, he lost it all, including his children, including his health, including his businesses, including his resources, including, you know, his, his income. He lost everything to the point his wife like, curse God and die. Listen, you ain't got nothing to live for. And he like, listen here, you foolish woman, you better be quiet. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, you know, but nevertheless, even Job had to go under pressure. And he, and here's the thing. We see from Job 1 to Job 42, Job wasn't under pressure perfectly. Let's be clear. He had his moments where he was venting. He had his moments where he was almost like kind of even, you know, attributing what he was going through and kind of blaming God. And he was questioning God. And he felt like because, you know, he was righteous that, you know, he, he shouldn't be going through what he was going through. And he was having these dialogues with his friends. And, you know, he was experiencing a lot of things. But at the end of the day, what he didn't do, he didn't fold under pressure because he did not curse God. He did not curse God and did not turn his, turn his back on God. And what happened in the end? God gave him double. Everything he lost, he got double. And he ended up with children. And, and, and it's so interesting because the last chapter, chapter 42, ends with talking about his daughters and how beautiful his daughters were, right? And so, but Job went under the pressure. Job went under the pressure. Jesus went under the pressure. Abraham was under pressure when, when God told him, get up and go put your son on the altar. Like we see time and time again, all throughout the Bible and different aspects that of the people of God being under pressure and the pressure always, when they make it out of, where they make it on the other side of the pressure, it always produced something more powerful. It always produced something greater. And so the, the key is when we are able to have peace under pressure, we're able to be at rest. And again, that's why asking questions is so important to go to God and ask, what does rest look like for you? Because rest don't always mean I'm just sleeping all day. I'm just in the bed. I don't get up. I don't got a care in the world. I ain't got nothing to do. And you know, you got responsibilities. You know, you got to go to work. You know, you know, you got to go, you know, be a parent, you know, you got to go to school and teach or be a leader, go minister, you know, you got to do whatever it is that your daily normal things, you know, and responsibilities are to do. But rest simply means that you're resting from the, from you trying to work or your mind working to try to fix your situation. And see, that's hard, especially for me. It's hard because I battle with self-reliance 
if I'm honest. I battle with self-reliance and I battle with pride. And so I find that in this place that I'm under all of this immense pressure, like I am really, you know, in a place where I'm like, Lord, this thing is crushing me. And he up there like, yeah, it need to, because I knew from years ago that I had pride and I had ego and I had self-reliance, right? I knew, you know, that I still was really, really independent and really didn't trust God, right? And I knew that I really didn't trust God as provider because I really didn't know God as provider because it's very hard to trust somebody you don't know. See, I know God as healer because I have been healed too many times. I know God as a keeper because I didn't been kept too many times. I, and not even too many because God, please keep healing and keep protecting, right? But I'm saying I know God on those levels because I have gotten to a place of familiarity, right? I have gotten to know him. I have, you know, been able to see him, you know, perform on those levels multiple times. But see, when it comes to him being a provider, that's where I waver and I falter because I'm used to putting my hands to something and making it happen. And, and God is still showing me that yes i may have allowed released some of that yes i may have you know overcome and and been delivered from some of that but there is still some there so god has to apply pressure oh sayeto mayetaha he has to apply pressure because he need that to get out because if he's going to really get me to where he's trying to take me i can't take that pride with me i can't take that self-reliance with me i can't take that being so independent with me i can't take that me being my own god and so the lord is telling me even though it's taking everything in me and i'm gonna just make it plain for y'all because it ain't no need for me to be up here talking in parables because i ain't jesus but let's like i'm going through a financial crisis right now i'm in a place where you know my resources have run out me and my children have been living off what you can call like a savings where i just had cash on hand in the bank account for the last few years um and we've lived good however you know when you just when you only have money you know, one source of money that's there and nothing is constantly coming in, you know, over time, the money is just going to run out. And that was the case. You know, I just didn't do my due diligence. I am one who is very um, self-reflective. I like to examine myself. You know, I like to do a lot of introspection to figure out how I got where I am, because that's the only way I'm not going to come here again. So when I got to the place of, okay, Lord, the reality, one plus one equals two. I know I spent the money. I know I blew through a lot of money because because it ain't here and I know I've been living but what I failed to do was a lot of the things that the Lord told me to do last year and I know I spoke about that before the Lord again he is so good so sovereign so merciful so gracious he's always be like he's always there he's all wisdom is speaking at the gate right like the word says so wisdom was speaking last year around this time Janelle do a budget okay you started your business you founded your business you got your business going up and running um actually market your business you know do what you need to do to start bringing in more money you know the lord was telling me that the lord was trying to get me to be more disciplined right trying to get me to be you know more um have, have more of a handle you know on my habits and on my spending and you know um all of those things and i just chose to ignore them and i just didn't see it as a priority you know i just felt like oh i had time because that's where a lot of us get tripped up we assume that we have time well guess what time continued to happen and here i am now with 
I had to tell the people I didn't have the money to pay my car note last month for the first time ever. And it hurt. It stung because I, again, I've been in poverty and I've been without money and I've been in lack. I've been in that place before. And I spoke about that before, but like I, I got on my feet. I had gotten on my feet. And I was able to pay all my bills in full every month, 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 every month for years. You know, I was able to pay off debt. I was able, you know, for the last a couple years, I would say, I was able to pay um, off debts. I was able to do everything I needed to do with no problem, not even a thought. I was very diligent. I paid all my bills in full. I did everything. You know, I love being financially integral. It brings me joy and fulfillment. However, to go from that to telling my car note, you know, to, to tell him my landlord, I'm, I'm gonna be late on the rent to, to not being able to pay certain bills because now I got to make decisions between, you know, with, with the money I do have, do I pay this bill or do I buy food for my family? So to be in that place for me, it stings. Like when I say it, it really, it cut me so deep that I literally just sat in the car for a minute and I just cried because not even because of sadness, like because I'm just like frustrated. Like, how did I get here? How did I go from being, you know, responsible with my responsibilities and my bills to now can't even pay them? And so with that kind of pressure, right? Because this is real pressure. You know what I mean? Like if you even, because it's one thing to be a single person and I'm not trying to, you know, um, demean anybody's situation, whether you're single or have children, when you are in a place where you can't meet your needs or you're in a place where, you know, you, you may not know how you can keep a roof over your head or, you know, feed yourself or your family. Like it is a very, very, very difficult place to be in. But I will say it's one thing for me to be a single person. I can only speak about me because, again, you know, I always say to myself, you know, if it was just me, I could thug it out. You know what I mean? Like, because I know like, OK, it's just me. If I had to go a couple of days, you know, without food or whatever, and I don't want that. Lord forbid. But I'm just saying for me, I'm like, you know, there are certain aspects of the, you know, of the struggle, I guess. That I know that I could really weather through, you know what I mean? Because I just have that grit. I just, I just, you know, with a lot of difficulties and stuff like that in life, it just built me to be able to kind of endure certain things. But when it comes to having children, I'm looking at these and uh, at my children, and I'm like, wait a minute, no, like they gotta have. They got to have a, a place to sleep. They got to have a safe roof over their head. They got to have food. They got to have, you know, electricity. They got to have whatever it is, right? And so it's that kind of pressure. It's that kind of pressure that got me spinning my wheels, trying to do everything I can think of outside of, I just told my friend yesterday in a joking way, but kind of like in a serious way, like, you know, this is what lead people to go, you know, get a pack. And if you don't know what a pack is, it's getting drugs, you know, and, and go to the streets and start moving the bag, you know, and start selling drugs because it's pressure. And see, that's the difference between someone in the world and someone in Christ. My mindset is I'm not going to do that, but this is how people get there. I have compassion and empathy because everybody not just doing that and just selling drugs and, and being a drug dealer just because that's what they want to do. And they just want to hurt people and they just want to do illegal things. And something drove them there, right? And a lot of time it's pressure of it being so hard to get a job or it's being, you know, nobody want to give you an opportunity or maybe you got a criminal record or maybe, you know, you you too young to work, but you, you got these responsibilities, you got your siblings and your mom not there, she out X, Y, and Z and y'all need to eat. You know, it'd it be so many, you know, factors that contribute to decisions that people make. And I'm like, it's, 
I understand how people can do it. But I also know just from experience and wisdom, because I've already lived that kind of lifestyle, that that's a thing that will swallow you up whole. If you get into it, a lot of times it's so hard to come out. And that's where people get caught up at. You think you have a plan, like I'm going to just do it until I get this much and then I'm going to stop. And you get into it and it just really begins to swallow you up. But I just said that to her because I'm like, I'm under so much pressure that my mind is just racing everywhere, you know, trying to figure out what can I do. I'm out here Instacarting and I'm like, I don't know how people do that because I, it ain't even like, I'm not really even making no money. I'm really just driving around, putting miles on my car just to make gas money to put back in my car. Like, I'm like, this math ain't mathing, right? I'm filling out job applications. I'm going on interviews, you know, like I'm trying to do any, every, any thing that I can, you know, I'm, I'm going through all of these things, like trying to figure out what do I do? to get myself out of this situation. And it's so funny because what God told me to do is not what I'm really wanting to do. If I'm honest, God told me to go back and work in my business. And I'm like, God, that's not going to make me no money today. So I think, and, and I think that a lot of times we fall into our perception of what God is telling us to do because we're looking at it in the natural. And so my natural mind is saying, okay, you want me to go continue to work in my business. You want me to go really learn how to really market my business. You want me to go continue to create in my business to continue to, you know, you know, push out different products and services or whatever. You want me to work on my book. You want me to do these things that doesn't, I don't see why I should work on them right now because I need money like yesterday. And these things, it's going to take me time to finish those things, right? It's going to take me time to, to, to create, you know, another course. It's going to take me time to really sit down and learn, you know, how to, you know, really market my business and find really a marketing strategy and learn how to even, you know, do content on social media consistently because I, I'm not great at that. I don't post on any social media and never have consistently. I've never posted every day. I never really had a strategy. I kind of just always posted when I felt like posting and that's the space I've been in. So even now that I have a business, a part of utilizing all of your resources is what is wisdom but because i've been you know really so lax in that area and i've never had a real reason to because i normally use it for personal use now to have a business i have not been able to make that transition so because these things are going to take time for me to learn and for me to complete and for me to do i'm like lord why would i do those things how can I, cause to me, that's, the, it's almost like me just sitting here and not doing anything when I have these real needs and these real situations. And I feel like I need to be focused on how do I fix these things over here? But God is telling me to do this. And that goes back to having peace under pressure, because if I really had peace under pressure and I really trusted God, like I say, I trusted him. And if he was really my provider, then I would do what he told me to do, because I would have that trust to know, well, if I'm walking in obedience, the Bible says if I'm willing and obedient, then I'll eat the good of the land. But because my flesh and my mind want to keep telling me, well, that the only way I'm going to eat the good of the land, if I go out here and I make it happen. And then now I'm like, God bless what I'm doing. Um, and not, again, and it's not to say you just sit and do nothing like me creating and doing the things God told me to do. It's not me doing nothing. However, you know, 
it ain't nothing wrong with looking for a job. You know, it ain't nothing wrong with putting yourself out there. But that my focus is more on those things because I look at those things being the way, the only ways or the main ways that my situation can change. So that takes me back to what I said about the Lord allowing this pressure to get those things out of me because somewhere in me, I'm still dealing with self-reliance. Somewhere in me, I'm still dealing with um, with with um, being too independent and having too much pride, you know. And then it got to the point where I really had to realize I need help. <laughs> That's it right there. Like I really had to realize that. Like I have, I'm so I have been so full of pride and so e egotistical and so self righteous and haughty that I wouldn't even admit that I need help that I didn't know what I was doing. So I be because I know I'm intelligent and I'm smart and because I know I'm gifted, you know, and because you know I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But a lot of it, if I'm honest, don't got nothing to do with Christ. It got everything to do with Janelle, and Janelle just likes to do what janelle wants to do janelle just likes to you know just have control and janelle just likes to you know feel like you know i got it all together and i just know what i'm doing and i don't necessarily like to ask for help and so what i've done is even though god graced me to do certain things i still need help and and, and because i just took it upon myself to act like I had it all together and act that like I know what I'm doing. And because I can speak and I can talk in intellectual and because I have certain knowledge about certain things and because, you know, I have accomplished certain things, I've allowed that to go to my head and think that I could do all these things by myself. And so what I found is the Lord had to show me is I have not been in position and I have not been effective because I've been trying to do everything by myself, even apart from him. So being under this pressure, as much as it don't feel good, as much as it sometimes feel like it's literally crushing me, as much as it feels like, you know, it, I, I'm not going to make it. God is even in the midst of it. He's producing oil because now I am able to see that. No, wait a minute. I need to go back and I need to repent. I need to go back and humble myself. I need to go back and surrender and submit. I need to go back and I need to ask for help. I need to go back and I need to go do what God told me to do. I need to, it's the pressure that's producing this. It is the pressure and God is telling me and I know, you know, he's wanting me to say these things so he can even say to you that you need that you need to have peace and, and peace, meaning have rest, be at peace, be at rest and, and trust that. God is going to work it out, that he is your provider, that he is your protector, that he is your healer, that he is your banner of victory, right? That he is, you know, your Lord and Savior, that he is your light and your salvation, that he is all that he is, that he is God Almighty, right? That he is the Holy of Holies, that he is I am that I am, that he is, you know, everything that he, the word says he is, that he is faithful to his word, that he is working it out for your good, right? You have to trust that. And don't allow your mind or your flesh to trick you into thinking that you got to do it all. That you got to do it all. Sometimes God just wants you to rest. Sometimes he wants you to rest from all the work. Sometimes he wants you to rest from all the mental work. Because I know for me, it ain't always that I'm physically working. Sometimes I'm overworking myself in my mind. And God is saying he needs you to rest. 
He wants you to have peace under pressure. He's like, yes, he understands that the pressure is on. He understands that he's even had to turn it up. It's because when he's trying to produce, he's needing to produce something so valuable. He's needing to be to produce something that is so valuable. He needs that oil to begin to flow on another level. He needs that anointing to be a, to be more powerful. He needs your gift to be to be even more effective, right? Whatever it is he's producing in you, he is trying to take it to another level because this next level that you're going to be performing on, the next level that you're going to be on and facing and whatever and doing what he called you to do is going to require this new level of oil it's going to require this new level of anointing it's going to require this new level of gifting it's going to require this new level of faith it's going to require this new level of trust and so he gotta allow the pressure to to get you all the way to where you want to be because my biggest thing is well lord when is this going to be over lord i don't like this this hurts this doesn't feel good this you know this really it's frustrating. You know, all of these things, this is so uncomfortable. I'm like, Lord, when is it going to be over? And he's like, daughter, it's not going to be over until you're done. He's not going because if he lift the pressure too soon, just like if that, if the person who working with the diamond, if they, if they lift the pressure too soon, the diamond is not going to be, it's not going to be fully what it needs to be. It's not going to be fully formed what it needs to be. It's not going to be as valuable. It's not going to be, you know, um, as clear, whatever, right? It's not going to be the cut. It's not going to be the form. It's not going to be whatever it needs to be. It can literally ruin it if, if they lift that pressure up too soon. And so God is like, I need Need you to have peace, P-E-A-C-E, under pressure. I need you to trust me so much that you stop doing so much in your mind, that you even stop working so much to figure it out, that you stop doing so much to try to make it happen in your own strength. And trust me and do and be obedient to what he called you to do. And he's going to continue to, to give you the strength, right? Because he's going to mount you up on wings as eagles. You can run and not be weary, walk in our faith. You will endure this is like the pressure. It talks about like the, the, the trials and the afflictions producing character, hope, faith, right? It's going to produce something. God doesn't do nothing for, he doesn't do anything for nothing. Everything he does has purpose. It's going to produce something. Yes, you might be like Jesus. You might be under as so much pressure that you might be almost to the place where you're going to sweat blood and you might be asking God to take it from you. But even with Jesus, Jesus had, could not, the, the cross couldn't go past him. It couldn't pass him up because then we could not be saved by grace through faith. We would not have the blood that atoned us, atoned for us and, and gave us the legal right to be back in right standing with the father. We wouldn't be able to have our sins, you know, forgiven. We wouldn't be able, you know, to, we will still be sacrificing bulls and goats trying to make it in, right? So that it couldn't pass from him. And so the pressure, the cup that you drinking, the cup that I'm drinking, sister, even brother, if you're on here, it can't pass from you. Not just for you, because the people who gonna need that oil. See, we needed Jesus to be on that cross. And when that water and that blood poured out when he was pierced, we needed that. When he was nailed, we needed that. You know, all that he went through, we needed it because now by his stripes, we are healed. Now it, it is it is because of the blood that was shed on Calvary that we are we have forgiveness of sins, that we are under the new covenant of grace. We're no longer under the law. 
Like it is because he did not allow the cup to pass from him. It's because he took up his cross. It's because he drunk that cup. And because he drunk that cup, now he's the firstborn to many brothers and sisters of Christ. Now the one seed, through one seed came death, Adam, Adam in the beginning. But through the other seed, Jesus be, became life. And now we can live. Now we have life in Christ Jesus. And so, yes, it's hard. I don't, again, I don't negate it. I don't demean it. I understand it. I have more compassion than you think because your girl is under it too. I'm under it to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to do this no more. I'm ready to throw in the towel. Like, I'm just being honest. I am like, Lord, I can't take this. Like, I've been here already. I've been under this kind of pressure already. I've already gone through this. Why am I here again? Me, he has to show me because I still need to get it up out of you. Those things that 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 are still there, you know, sometimes there that root is so deep. He got to do it in stages and phases. He can't just yoke it out all at once. And so this is that next phase because where he's taking me. Because where he's taking you, you're going to need to be fully processed. And so we can't uh, we can't uh, oh, forsake the process, right? We all want the oil. We all want the anointing. We all want the gift. We all want the blessing. We all want the platform. We all want the influence. We all want the wealth. We all want the marriage, right? Whatever it is, we want that thing. But what we don't tend to understand is that comes with the process that comes with the press the pressure and it's the pressure that's going to produce right it's going to produce that oil and so let god have his perfect work right and and it's not easy but rest in him trust have that peace lord have that peace in him that he is able that he's not going to fail you that you don't have to work it out you don't have to have all the answers let him work it out on your behalf just surrender take your hands off whatever oh i hear that so strong in your spirit and it may be for me Take your hands off. Yes, it may feel like it don't. It's counterproductive. Yes, your flesh may rise up and tell you you foolish. You beat you, you. What you're doing don't make no sense. You know you need to get up. You need to do X, Y, and Z. That's why we gotta constantly die to self daily. Daily. It's a daily dying to self, right? Because that flesh is going to rear up. It's going to get to speaking. But God, we got to continue to subject, you know, put that faith, un that flesh under subjection to our spirit. And we got to trust God. And we have to be able to learn how to rest in him. And sometimes it's a mental rest. Sometimes it is a physical rest, right? Sometimes it's a spiritual rest. But that's why you go and ask questions. God, what does rest look like for me? What does me having peace under pressure look like for me? He will tell you. He is not mad because you're asking questions because, again, wisdom is the principal thing. But in all that getting, get understanding. You can have wisdom once you get understanding. Get, have him to, uh, give you understanding of what it means for you. But that's the way that the Lord is speaking in this hour. He is saying in order to have peace under pressure, you got to be willing to take your hands off. You got to be willing to just rest. You got to be willing to just be at peace, just to be at a place of stillness, right? Where you're not moving. You're not, again, it's not that you're not doing absolutely nothing. You have, I'm sure we all have things that we're required to do. But if, when you're trying to be God in your situation, when you're trying to do it in your strength, when you're trying to make it happen, right? That's, that's again, that's how you know that you're not in peace. That's how you know that you're not in rest because you are so busy trying to make it happen. And then when you produce an Ishmael and then you're going to be looking at God, like, look what you did, God. But no, that's your, that's your, that's what you produce, right? Again, Sarah and Abraham, we look, we can look at them. 
God gave them a promise and the pressure was 24 years. They had to wait. They had to trust him. They had to walk with him. And in that 24 years, God was literally building Abraham's faith and he was building their faith and building their confidence and building the relationship to the point where he called Abraham a friend. And it wasn't until he got to that place where God said, okay, I can now take the pressure off because you have now been processed to where you need to be. That's why Abraham can go and sacrifice Isaac on the altar at God telling him to do so. Not because he was just so super spiritual, but because he had to go on a journey and he was under pressure over time and he was built up to that place of faith because that don't just happen overnight. And see, he had so much peace and he was so rested in God that he knew that God didn't have to tell him that he was going to do some kind of miracle, that he was going to do, he was going to intervene in some way because he had already been told that your decision descendant through Isaac. All of your descendants are going to be blessed. And so it's like, well, I know God must going to do something, but I don't even have to know what that is. Abraham has so much faith and trust in God that he didn't, God didn't even have to tell him how he was going to intervene, how he was going to resurrect Isaac or how he was going to perform the miracle. All God had to say to Abraham, because Abraham had built up such a trust, such a confidence in God that all God had to say was get up and go sacrifice your son and Abraham went to do it. That's the kind of peace and trust that we got to have that even when we don't know how God going to work it out, even we don't know what God is going to do, even though we don't know the how, we don't have all the information, we don't know all the pieces to the puzzle, that we are so in faith and we trust God so much that we still can go do and walk and, and be whatever God told us to be and do. We can trust him to be God in our life. We don't have to work it out. We don't have to always be trying to do this or that. We don't always have to be scattered all over the place and overworking ourselves and overthinking and overprocessing because we are trying to constantly figure out a solution. When Jesus said he's the way, the truth and the life, he is the solution. But once we learn how to rest and trust him, even in the midst of adversity, under the pressure, under difficulty, under opposition, under warfare, trust me, again, I'm under it right now as we speak and this is why i know god wanted me to come to be honest and transparent to help us to be under to understand that this is a part of the process that is not happening to you it's happening for you and even though the enemy has come but you're gonna be you're gonna be able to say like christ even though the enemy has come he's found no place in me because when even when the lord allows the enemy to come and bring some kind of affliction or some kind of warfare or opposition against us it is to make us strong it is to take us to another level of trusting God and learning how to war and learning how to, you know, um, just to see God in another way and, and to see him, you know, take us to another dimension is never because he has given the enemy opportunity to overtake us because we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. God is allowing the pressure. If even if it's in the form of warfare, he's allowing it because he's teaching you how to war. He's teaching you how to worship. He's teaching you how to praise again, even peace having peace in the middle of warfare is even a, a strategy that's even a weapon when you can just have peace when the enemy is trying it when the enemy is trying it and you can still have peace though and you can still rejoice you can still get up and worship you can still get up and praise that confuses the enemy because the enemy is like excuse me like i'm throwing every dart i got at you i'm i'm i'm, I'm on your neck you know but and you still praising 
and you still worshiping and you still thanking God and you still being kind to people and you still showing up at service and you still serving and you still trusting that God is going to come through and that God, he's going to work it out for you. That is a weapon. So when we learn to yield to the pressure and to just be at rest, knowing that even if we're in the fire, God is with us. Even if we're on a boat and we're in a raging storm, Jesus is with us. And that's what we rest in. We're not resting because our situation is crazy and everything is, you know, happening and the walls is falling, caving in and, you know, the bottom fell out and you're going through all of this stuff. No, you're resting in the fact that you know that God is going to, he's not going to fail you, that he's going to come through, that he's going to bring you out, that he's going to come answer. He's going to, you know, whatever, restore, that whatever, heal, deliver, set free, turn it around, bring a blessing, breakthrough opportunity, whatever it is you're needing from him. Your rest, your peace is coming from a place of you believe no matter what it looks like, God is going to do it. Because you believe that he is not a man that he shall lie. You believe that he is not, his word is not returning to him void. You literally believe that. That's where your peace is going to come from. That's where your rest is going to come from. It's not because you're so excited and rejoicing because you're going through, you know, trials and tribulations. No. But it's to know that you serve the God who has more power, who can command the waves and the wind of the storm to be still. You serve the God who can, who, who, who is greater. He who is greater, who he was in you is greater than he does in the world. It's because you serve the God who is able to bring you out. You serve the God who is able to restore everything that you lost. You serve the God who is able to restore your marriage, your family, your, your relationship with your children. You know, whatever it is, you serve that God. You serve the God, if, even if it's the most impossible situation in the world. You serve the God who makes all things possible because with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's why you have peace under the pressure. So again, I hope that this blessed you. Um, it blessed me. And yes, we all are going through it. You know, a lot of us are, you know, under pressure right now. Some may be under more than others, but it's to say that, you know, you can still have peace under the pressure and you can be at rest and you don't have to continue to try to, you know, do it in your power. Like it says in Zechariah, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Are you willing to release and let go and totally surrender it to God and totally trust God that he is going to work it for your good? Are you, are you willing are you willing to, 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 in this moment, say, you know what, Lord, I've been trying to do it. That's me. Again, that's me. I'm talking to myself because I've been trying to figure it out. I've been trying to do it. I've been trying to be God. I've been trying to put my hands on the thing. I've been trying to work it out in my way, in my might, right? I meet me, me. I've been trying to do it, but I'm ready to say, you know what, Lord, because guess what? I'm even becoming more exhausted. I'm, I'm becoming even more weary, right? I'm becoming even more frustrated. Because I'm constantly, instead of me doing the very thing God told me to do is to rest, to trust him and to work on these things he told me to work on. Instead of me really doing that, I'm still busy over here trying to figure out a solution to my problems. I'm still over here trying to work it out. And, and, and the more I'm doing that, the more I'm feeling the pressure and the more I'm feeling defeated and the more I'm feeling hopeless, if I'm honest. 
So I, I have to do it. I got to surrender and say, Lord, help me to produce the fruit of peace under the pressure. Help me to rest, to be at rest in my spirit, to be at rest in my mind, to be at rest in my soul, to really trust you, to really trust you to be my provider to really trust you to be my protector. Because it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to believe it. And see, normally when we are not in peace, when we're not at rest, you know, when we are, you know, just not in a place of faith, it's, it's because somewhere we're lacking trust. Because I have faith in what I trust. I'm sitting in a chair right now. And I have faith that this chair gonna hold me because I trust that it's going to hold me because I've sat in this chair time and time again and it has held me. So I don't think about is this chair going to hold me before I sit in it because I've sat in it too many times and it held me up every time. So I have trust because I built a relationship subconsciously with this chair that is that that has a foundation of trust because I have faith now that it's not going to break on me, that I'm going to sit in it and that it's not going to fall apart because I'm sitting in it right now. When you have been in God time after time and he's came through, that's your chair. And you just got to sit in that thing. And yes, the dynamic of your situation may be different. Maybe it's a different way he got to come through. But when you know him, when you when you when you had to be in a situation after situation and he's come through before when you had to, when your back was against the wall and he came through that time when you was under warfare and he brought you out when you thought you weren't going to make it and you made it again when you was needed healing in your mind or your body and he healed you when you needed something whatever it was when he did it time and time again you got to rest in that thing that thing got to become like your chair and you got to learn how to sit in it and you got to learn how to sit in it with a confidence like well lord yeah this one may be looking a little different well lord this one may be a little more difficult but hey you didn't came through for me the mother times you gonna come for, through for me now you ain't gonna break on me this time you ain't gonna fail me this time i've been young but i've been old and i ain't seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging for bread so i know you gonna come through i know you gonna make a way not because you just saying it because you know it's the scripture and you saying it because you trust it you saying it because you believe it in the same way that i believe that i'm this chair ain't about to just collapse it's the same way you better believe that your God ain't going to collapse. And when you have that kind of faith and when you have that kind of trust, you're able to have peace under pressure. You're able to be at a state of rest, even though the enemy may be coming on every side, even though you may be in the valley of the shadow of death, even if you may be in the fire, even if you may be in a storm, even if you may be having a Job season, even if you may have lost everything, you know that you serve a God that everything you lost, he's able to restore unto you even more. Jesus says anybody who has given up mother, father, brother, sisters, cars, houses for the gospel will receive even more. When that word become true to you, when it's not just a scripture, when it's not just something that you read, when it's not just a sermon that you heard, when it's real, when it's real, that's when you be able to have peace. 
When you know that you know that you know that your God is not failing, not because of you, but because he's faithful to his word. Then you're able to sit back like, well, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know my God is able to do everything but fail. I know my God is able to bring me out of this situation. I know my God is able to turn around for my turn it around for my good. I know my God is able to take me from the pit to the palace. I know my God is able to open a barren womb. I don't care what's been barren in your life. I don't care if you've been barren relationally, financially. I don't care if you've been barren spiritually. I don't care if you've been physically barren. I don't care what it is that you know you serve the guy who made he was a track record of open up barren wounds and he's still doing it today you serve a god that's still shutting the mouths of lions when if somebody have to go in that lion den and he's still doing it today that's the god you serve you serve a god who still will say you you call for it to be the sky to shut up and it be no rain for three years we still serve that god and it still will be so you got to know the God that you serve and your peace, and your rest and your trust is not in your ability. It is in him and his ability to never fail and his ability to not lie. And you stand on that. He says, prove me in this. And so we got to taste and see that the Lord is good. And it can't just be what we say because again, because it's religious jargon. God knows the difference. We can fool people. God knows the difference. And we'll have to put that thing to the test. Because God is going, he going to test whatever you produce it. Your faith, how do you know you have faith unless it's tested? You can, we always want to talk these things because it sound good. But God is going to put you in a situation and he going to see. And he already know, but you're going to have to find out. Do you really believe it? For me, I had to find out, I really still ain't believing God to be my provider. I say it, I quote it, I, I do believe it, but when the rubber meets the road, I revert right back to me being the God, me being the one who figuring it out, me being the one making it happen, me working to find, you know, to, to, to find a solution. I go right back to that instead of going to that place of rest. Because if I really trusted him to be my provider, I know my Bible says I don't got to worry about what I'm going to eat or drink or what I'm going to wear because my father in heaven already knows I need these things. So why am I worried about it? So again, God wants to bring us to a place where we are able to have peace under pressure and to be in a place of rest. That is when he is the most glorified. It's easy to glorify him and worship him and praise him when all is well, when everything is going well, when you have everything you need and your need is met. And yes, we are to rejoice and praise him in all things and in all seasons. Absolutely. But the true testimony, especially when it comes to people and unbelievers and people who are watching you, the, the most powerful testimony you have is when you really show them who your God is in the midst of the situation where everything is falling apart. When you're able to maintain your faith, you're able to maintain love, you're able to maintain kindness, you're able to continue to have a good attitude, you're able to continue to worship, you're able to continue to show up, you're able to continue to do that when 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 everybody in the world would be falling apart, when everybody in the world would be trying to do X, Y, and Z, but you're able to stand, that's what's going 
gonna draw people to you and people are gonna wanna know how do you have so much peace and I know that your life is falling apart. That's how you're gonna be able to witness. But it's great. It's awesome. It's good that when when God brings you out, yes, testify and, and sing and, and shout to the rooftop. Absolutely. But are you still able to testify even when everything is, is falling apart? And so God wants us to penetrate and impact this world. He wants us to really make more disciples of men, to really be the light of the world, to really be the salt, you know, the salt of the world, a city set on a hill. And the way we do that is that how do we respond under pressure? How do we respond in hardships, right? Because people are watching you, whether you know it or not. You are a living epistle. You, you may be the only Jesus somebody may see. So when they see you, what do they see? And so again, oh yeah, we, we didn't went a little longer <laughs> than I anticipated, but you know, I feel this is what the Lord is saying. And I feel like it's really what the Holy Spirit really wanted me to release. And, and again, I'm living it myself. I don't ever speak on anything that I haven't lived or I'm not living. And so everything that I said is things that I have to apply. It's things I have to go through. It's things I'm surrendering. It's things I'm learning, right? It's things I'm um, that, that the Lord is trying to, you know, take me to places he's trying to take me to. And we're in this together. It's no judgment. I'm not looking down on nobody because we all have sinned and fall short. We're all being sanctified. We're all growing and maturing in this walk and that's why it's so important for us to testify to give our testimony so we can help each other encourage each other even you know even to be able to pray for one another that we shall be healed right and so again it's not to say that you're wrong because you're in a place where you have been you know not resting or not you know trusting god or not being in peace but that's the goal right as a believer that's the goal to be, in, to be in that place where you have that peace, P-E-A-C-E, under pressure, right? And so I just want to thank you for joining. Um, thank you for liking the show. Thank you for joining. Um, please share if you know anybody who would need to hear this. But um, this is what the Lord has been speaking to me. And that's what he's speaking through me today. Because he's really trying to get us to produce that oil, right? To, he's trying to get us to produce that new wine and, and that oil that we need and that anointing that we're going to need for this next level. Because we can't take this same oil to that next level we have to have a fresh oil and so again a lot of the ways that the lord prepare us for our next whatever that thing may be is going to be under pressure the same way jesus had to prepare for his next he had to go under pressure right before he went on the cross he was under pressure in that garden of gethsemane right so every time that the lord gives you a word he gives you a prophetic word or you have you know a promise that he has given you or you know that you're in a season of transition you have to understand the way that that God begins to truly place you into that new chapter, into that new season, is he's going to process you. And the way he chooses to process us sometimes is under pressure. And the only way that we're ever going to get out of the season of being under pressure is to surrender. Is to surrender and submit and allow the pressure to run it to take its place to have patience to work you know the bible says that patience have its perfect work right and we have to be long suffering we don't like that word i don't like that word long suffering but that's why certain translations of the bible that's the fruit of the spirit long suffering being able to endure to stand under the pressure over time right and, and having peace or long suffering is more about your posture, 
How are, how, what is your posture while you're under the pressure? And God wants us continually to look like Christ. Amen. And so I just pray that it bless you. I pray that you receive something from it, that the Lord spoke to you. Uh, please take whatever you uh, received, whatever resonated with you back to God, back to Holy Spirit to um, ask him to, you know, confirm if it's for you and how does it apply to you and what does it look like in your life and what exactly is he saying to you personally? Because we all have a different walking journey, but God's his heart for us is for, he wants us to get out of the season too, right? He don't want us in this, under this pressure longer than we need to. But I think uh, for me, a lot of us stay in that place simply because we constantly are fighting against God by just not submitting and surrendering and not being at peace and rest. So he is able to do what he needs to do so he can really fully take you into that new place and new season. So I just truly bless you. I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and grant you his peace. Um, again, I just always like to leave you with your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy.